study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of Christ for their entire Christian lives and show us patterns of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his comprehensive work called The Life Study of the Bible before going to be with the Lord in 1997. And we're pleased to bring you recorded excerpts from the life study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Before we join today's program, we'd like to give you our toll-free number that you may receive our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith. That number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Now, let's join today's life study. If you owed a debt to someone, would you ever have the boldness to say, My God will repay you? Well, most of us would stop short of such a declaration. Yet the Apostle Paul, because of his oneness with the Lord, could say to the Philippian believers, My God shall fill every need of yours. We have an enlightening and I would say uplifting portion of the ministry today. And when we come to the matter of giving in in the material realm as believers We need a good deal of enlightenment and uplifting because this is a topic that has been contaminated to such an extent by religion that we almost dare not even talk about it. But the Bible talks about it, so we will do our best to handle it faithfully and with much fearfulness of not adding to that contamination. Dick Taylor has joined us today. And Dick, apart from all the begging and pleading that goes on today in the religious world, this matter of giving and receiving is important in the New Testament. Specifically, the Philippian believers had fellowship with the Apostle Paul in his need when he was in prison, and we will see that this fellowship is a very significant experience for them. We're also going to see today that our giving should not be done in a common way, like a kind of uh, human donation, but really it needs to be the issue of a prayerful transaction with God. I think our listeners are in for a delightful portion and enlightening, as we said before. Don't you agree? Absolutely. This is a marvelous message to take us out of the pit in this matter of giving and receiving. In our first section today, Dick, we want to focus on the words fellowship and blossom. Paul uses the expression blossom in verse 10 of chapter 4, according to one translation, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you caused your thinking for me to blossom anew. According to Paul's feeling, the sending of a gift with this brother Epaphroditus was the blossoming again of the Philippian believer's concern for him. Dick, uh, just briefly, before we join Witness Lee, how about this word, this expression, blossom anew? This is a beautiful expression, very rich in implication. Surely it leads us to the matter of life, which means experiencing Christ, not just in an immature way, but in a growing way, even in a blossoming way. Not until something blossoms is it really expressed. So the experience and enjoyment of Christ is really expressed when this life blossoms. So this little phrase is really precious, blossom anew. Mm. I think we'll be intrigued to see today, Dick, how this phrase and expression is related in this context to the matter of giving 
something blossoming anew. Let's join Witness Lee. Fellowship not only means a kind of communication, a kind of traffic for participation in certain things. Fellowship means much more than this. Fellowship means the ministry of life, one to another. There is some life ministered mutually to both parties. When you get into these verses, you surely will touch the ministry of life. Not only the ministry of life from the apostles' side, but also from the giver's side. The believers, they had no doubt ministered life to the apostle. They did not only send the material supply to the apostle, by sending these, they also minister life. You read all these verses, there is a kind of a fellowship of life and in life to both parties, a mutual ministry of life to all the parties involved. This thing we have to learn. This supply of material things from the living believers to the living apostles is a living matter. Between them, there must be something living, ministering life to each other. Otherwise, the Apostle Paul would never pick up such a term. You must underline the word blossom. Your giving of material things to anyone or to any church, to any servant of the Lord, must be something living that can blossom. Fellowship is something that issues out of life. The source of fellowship is life. So he uses these two words, blossom and uh, fellowship. Whenever you give some material things under the leading of the Lord, that should be something blossoming and something supplying live to uh, both parties. Dick, the Apostle Paul now turns to the matter of the Philippians' fellowship with him in this material supply or giving that they provided to him. A moment ago, we quoted verse 10. In the recovery version, it's translated this way. It says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. The word revived, as we pointed out a moment ago, can be translated as blossomed, and this word really carries with it the implication of life, as you said in our introduction. What does the material giving of the church in Philippi to Paul have to do with something so organic and living as a blossom? Well, anytime I hear the word blossom, I think of a a seed planted in the ground, don't you, Chris? It's growing. Eventually, there's uh, something called a flower that blossoms. Right then you kind of really know what that is. So we realize that the matter of giving and receiving cannot be a dead thing. Just give a gift out of our own uh, human kindness and goodness. The matter of giving and receiving the material things must be a living matter. And that means something of life issuing in a blossom. A blossom means there's an expression that this whole matter is of life. It's not just a dead kind of obligation. 
to donate to something or to someone. The Lord's burden here is that we would really experience him. I appreciate one thing our brother mentioned. He said, this is a ministry of life. This is a fellowship of life. The matter of giving and receiving should release life to both parties, both the giver and the recipient. One statement our brother mentioned was that the living believers gave something to the living apostle, making the whole matter a living matter. Mm. So this takes it all together out of the dead, dutiful realm of giving a donation or a dead gift. It brings the matter of giving and receiving all together into the matter of the flowing of the divine life and the experience of Christ's life to the point where there is a blossom. There's an expression of this Christ who is our life. Dick, if we're going to have our giving become something sweet and living like a blossom, there's a marvelous secret that we must learn, and that is that our giving must be to the Lord and not to man, or as you said, to a human cause or a human charity. Mm -hmm. Our giving really needs to be given to him. Amen. And that's the focus of this next section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. One thing you have to be sure, whatever you give, it must be just something related to man. You give to the church, you give to a poor saint, needy saints, you give to one servant of the Lord, you give for some purpose of the Lord's move on this earth, you must be assured what you give is something to God. It has to be a fragrant odor to God. It has to be an acceptable sacrifice to God, well-pleasing to God. You must have the assurance this is not just your transaction, a transaction between you and man, between you and certain work, between you and certain purpose. It has to be some transaction between you and God. Even you give material things. And this gift must be a fragrant odor, an acceptable sacrifice, and well-pleasing to God. It must be transaction between you and God. No need to say there is the need of much prayer. You must pray. Pray in your prayer by touching God's feeling. Then you give. You see? then your giving is not a kind of just human donation to certain things. Your giving becomes a kind of sacrifice you offer to God. This will become a kind of fragrant offering, well-pleasing to God. Dick, I think this is really getting to the heart of the point today. The background is that the Philippian believers had sent an offering, a gift, a material gift, to the Apostle Paul through a brother called Epaphroditus. Let's look at how Paul describes this gift in verse 18, chapter 4. It says, But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. What a marvelous and sweet description of their gift, Dick. He says a fragrant aroma Mm -hmm. and something well-pleasing to God. Wonderful. How can our own giving be something that has these characteristics? Isn't anything that we give going to be well-pleasing to God? I like your question, Chris. 
And even when you said, isn't anything we give going to be well-pleasing to God? You know what I was thinking? There's only one thing well-pleasing to God, and that's his son, Jesus Christ. The Lord made it clear in Matthew 17, this is my beloved son in whom I am well-pleased, the one in whom I delight. This means that all our experience related to giving and receiving in the material realm requires much prayerful transaction with the Lord, lots of living fellowship with the Lord, Mm. much prayer, so that what we give is according to his feeling. What we give is in oneness with him. And the result will be that our giving is not even just material things. Our giving is a giving of Christ. And the one who receives, receives and is a recipient of Christ. Christ is very well-pleasing. I think this word is very exposing to us. Even I think of myself, many times I write a check to the church or for the help to one of the Lord's servants, but not much prayerful transaction. The desire of the Lord is that it would be a matter of life to me and a matter of life to the recipient, and that life is just Christ. That means the whole matter of giving and receiving is well-pleasing to God, acceptable sacrifice, very fragrant to God. It's just full of Christ. It's amazing that this matter of giving on our side is a matter of life. The Philippian believers, because of the life flowing within them, according to God's feeling, they gave to the Apostle Paul. Right. Paul, on the other hand, because of his experience of Christ as life, wrote the book of Philippians. How much life has that book given not only to the Philippians, but even to us? We cannot measure. Yet the experience of life of the believers in Philippi and the Apostle Paul both issue in the glory of God. May all of our giving henceforth, as much as possible, because of our contact with the Lord and opening to the Lord, be an experience and enjoyment of Christ, who is well-pleasing to God, a wonderful sacrifice, and a very fragrant odor. Dick, there are so many potential snares related to this matter. We may not give, we may not give enough, or we may give a lot. But apart from all of these things, what we're seeing today is our giving needs to be, and I stand as well as you, equally exposed, Dick, the result of a real, genuine, intimate interaction with the Lord over this very intimate matter. That's true. May we every day or every time we face this matter say, Oh, Lord, I want this giving to be just the flowing of your dear self. Mm. Dick, we have a marvelous testimony coming up in this section ahead. I think this will help a lot of us relate to, and I know we will all benefit from, Witness Lee's own testimony. He's going to tell a story of his own experience from years ago in a very touching way. I hope everyone is able to stay tuned. The repayment of the apostles God. The repayment. Uh, I purposely use the word repayment because you do have the account here. In the apostles' experience, he had the conviction an assurance that God was his God. In verse 19, And my God, my God, shall fill every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Through his being one with God, so God became his God. Since he considered 
the believer's material gift to him is sacrificed to God. He assuredly believed that God would richly repay the believers. You see, great thing. When you receive a gift, you must have the assurance that gift was not given to you, but also given to God. And you must have the conviction that God will repay this gift. In God's repayment, God fills the giver's every need, fully supplying, satisfying to the full. Paul says, my God shall fill every need of yours. God repays the giver in glory. God fills every need of the givers. His filling is in glory. Let me tell you a real story. 1937, January. In the first day of the year, 1937, Brother Nee had an urgent covert conference with us. And he sent a cable to me and some of us in the north. I left because the cable was urgent. We don't have savings. Strictly speaking, by that time, even we didn't have a bank account. So I left home on both sides, on my wife's side, on my side. We both trusted in the Lord. The news came. A co-worker in the meeting. His wife was sick, serious sick, and he had to go back to take care of the wife. Something within told me, you gave this brother. I forgot the exact number, probably $30. You gave this brother $30. By that time, I had just a little bit. That was only gold for me to buy the train ticket to go back. So that really puzzled me. Suppose I gave the major part of the money in my pocket. Then no more comes in. I was hesitant. Oh, somewhat I was arguing with the Lord. Lord, if I have $100 and the ticket only needs $40, then I give this brother 30 I'd be willing to do it. Now what I have is just sufficient to buy the ticket. And you ask me to give the major part of the whole amount. But, you know, you can never argue with him. I couldn't have peace. I just couldn't have peace. So I have to say, Lord, I trust in you. Then as you trust in me, you give up. I don't remember quite well because I was trembling there. Eventually I think when I gave, I gave a little more. I nearly gave all, just small amount left in my pocket. Well, on the one hand, my burden was gone. On the other hand, my anxiety came. <laughs> <laughs> what should I do with the ticket? After a couple of days, what should I do with the ticket? Saints, the lesson was here. The burden was gone, the anxiety came. After quite a time, very late, an offering came. I just cannot remember how many times. At least, I believe, five or six times of what I gave. When I opened up the wrapping and I counted the amount, I got shocked. I was so shameful. I had no face to give a thanks to the Lord. 
I tell the truth. I just sadly, shamefully went to bed. What the Lord did in giving me a repayment of five or six times, that was done by him in glory. Yes, shame came to me, but that brought me into his glory. That strengthened me. That strengthened me. That happened in the fourth year of my life, living by trusting in the Lord. This is his repayment in glory. His repayment according to his riches and in glory in Christ Jesus. Well, Dick, I don't know about you. I really appreciate a word like this. Me too. Here's the personal experience of a brother that had made an impression on him that no doubt he carried for the rest of his life. This book, Dick, Philippians, is a book on the experience of Christ. I think after hearing a word like we've heard today, everyone listening would want their own giving to be the result of such a genuine experience of Christ. This is in stark contrast to the corruption that has permeated this whole aspect of the Christian life, isn't it? It surely is. And I thank the Lord so much, Chris, that through the ministry we've been brought to the focus of this book, and that is the real experience and enjoyment of Christ. We see in chapter 1, he is referred to as the bountifully supplying spirit. Our Christ is no longer far away, but he's the very subjective, experiential one living in our spirit. And like Paul says in 2 Timothy, the Lord be with your spirit, grace be with you. God's desire is that we would exercise our spirit to really enjoy him in his son who's in our spirit as grace. And it issues in this kind of giving and receiving. I appreciate so much that on our side, the experience is a matter of life. The more we enjoy the Lord in our spirit as grace, the more he flows, we pick up the Lord's feeling, and we even have the direction related to our giving. And there's a real blessing there. There's an enjoyment of Christ, the experience of Christ flowing in us. The one who receives also would be exercising his spirit to enjoy this subjective Christ as grace, and his experience is also one of life. So on the side of the giver and the receiver is a matter of life. But this verse that our brother mentions is marvelous to show that on one hand, we experience life. On the other hand, it issues in God's glory. I'd like to just speak that verse one more time. And my God, that means the God I experience in my daily living, who's in my spirit as life and flowing, my God shall fill every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. This is amazing that the matter of giving and receiving material gifts could be an experience of Christ flowing in us as the wonderful life-giving spirit within, issuing in God's expression, God's splendor, that is glory. So like you said, Chris, this unveiling of the giving and receiving of material things in God's economy is in stark contrast to all the junky things that we hear and see related to giving and receiving. May the Lord uplift us in this matter and bring us into the real experience of him and the enjoyment of him as the flowing one who's the grace within our spirit. 
and ultimately it would issue in his glory, his expression, for his satisfaction. Dick, we all need to experience full salvation in this one area, particularly, I think, today. We need to be delivered. A lot of salvation. Yeah, we need to be delivered from, perhaps we're struggling with holding on and not giving at all, but we need to be delivered from the whole common notion and concept related to giving. Amen. What an uplifted and sanctified holy word we heard today. Thank you, Brother Dick. You're welcome. And join us again tomorrow as we continue our life study from the book of Philippians. And Dick, we invite you back in just a couple of days. Thank you. I'll be here. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. of Watchman Nee are a source of spiritual revelation and supply to many Christians. In a new biography entitled Watchman Nee, a seer of the divine revelation in the present age, one of his closest co-workers, Witness Lee, writes about his life and work with valuable insight, observation, and detail. A seer of the divine revelation by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling one 888 That's 1-888-543-3788.